Chapter One of Tom Swift and His Wireless Message. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Tom Swift and His Wireless Message by Victor Appleton. An Appeal for Aid. Tom Swift stepped from the door of his machine shop where he was at work making some adjustments to the motor of his airship, and glanced down the road. He saw a cloud of dust, which effectually concealed whatever was causing it. "'Someone must be in a hurry this morning,' the lad remarked. "'Looks like a motor speeding along. My, but we certainly do need rain,' he added, as he looked up toward the sky. "'It's very dusty. Well, I might as well get back to work.' I'll take the airship out for a flight this afternoon, if the wind dies down a bit. The young inventor, for Tom Swift himself, had built the airship, as well as several other craft for swift locomotion, turned to re-enter the shop. Something about the approaching cloud of dust, however, held his attention. He glanced more intently at it. If it's an automobile coming along, he murmured, it's moving very slowly to make so much fuss, and I never saw a motorcycle that would kick up as much sand and not speed along more. It ought to be here by now. I wonder what it can be. The cloud of highway dirt rolled along, making some progress toward Tom's house and the group of shops and other buildings surrounding it. But as the lad had said, the dust did not move at all quickly in comparison to any of the speedy machines that might be causing it, and the cloud seemed to momentarily grow thicker and thicker. I wonder if it could be a miniature tornado, or a cyclone, or whirlwind. And Tom spoke aloud, a habit of his, when he was thinking, and had no one to talk to. Yet it can hardly be that, he went on. Guess I'll watch and see what it is. Nearer and nearer came the dust cloud. Tom peered anxiously ahead, a puzzled look on his face. A few seconds later there came from the midst of the obscuring cloud a voice exclaiming, Get along there now, Boomerang. Keep those feet moving, and we sure will make a record. Tain't like we was an automobile or an electric car, but we sure have been going since we started. You sure done yourself proud today, Boomerang, and I's is going to keep my promise and give you the best oats I can find. I reckon Master Tom Swift will done say we brought this here message to him as quick as anybody could. Then there followed the sound of hoofbeats on the dusty road and the rattle of some many-jointed vehicle with loose springs and looser wheels. Eradicate Samson, exclaimed Tom, but who would ever think that the colored man's mule could get up such speed as that cloud of dust indicates? His mule's feet must be working overtime, but he goes backward as often as he moves forward. That accounts for it. There's lots of dust, but not much motion. Once more from the midst of the ball-like cloud of dirt came the voice of the colored man. Now behave yourself, Boomerang. We're almost there and then you can sit down and rest if you like. Just keep it up a little longer, and we'll give Massa Tom his telephone. Get along now, Boomerang. 
The tattoo of hoofbeats was slowing up now, and the cloud of dust was not so heavy. It was gradually blowing away. Tom Swift walked down to the fence that separated the house, grounds, and shops from the road. As he got there, the sounds of the mule's progress and the rattle of the wagon suddenly ceased. "'Get along, get along. Don't you dare stop now when we're almost there,' cried Eradicate Sampson. "'Keep a moving, Boomerang.' "'It's all right, Eradicate. I'm here,' called Tom. And when the last of the dust had blown away, the lad waved his hand to an aged colored man who sat upon the seat of perhaps the most dilapidated wagon that was ever dignified by such a name. It was held together with bits of wire, rope, and strings, and each of the four wheels leaned out at a different angle. It was drawn by a big mule whose bones seemed protruding through his skin, but the fact evidently worried him but little, for now the animal was placidly sleeping while standing up, his long ears moving slowly to and fro. "'Am that you, Massa Tom?' asked Eradicate, ceasing his task of jerking on the lines, to which operation the mule paid not the least attention. "'Yes, I'm here, Rad,' replied Tom, smiling. "'I came out of my shop to see what all the excitement was about. How did you ever get your mule to make so much dust?' I done promised him an extra helping of oats, if he makes good time, said the colored man, and he's done it, too. Did you see the dust we made? I sure did, but you didn't do much else, and you didn't make very good time. I watched you, and you came along like an ice wagon after a day's work on the 4th of July. You were going fast, but moving slow. I suspects we was, Master Tom, was the colored man's answer. But Boomerang done better than I expected he would. I done told him you'd be in a hurry to get your telephone, and he sure did trot along. My telephone, repeated Tom, wonderingly. What have you and your mule Boomerang to do with my telephone? That's up in the house. No, it ain't. It's right here in my pocket, chuckled Eradicate, opening a ragged coat and reaching for something. I got your telephone right here, he went on. The agent at the station seen me dribbling over this way, and he done asked me to deliver it. He said as how he ain't got no messenger boy now, cause the one he had went on strike for five cents more a day. So I done took the telephone, and with that the colored man pulled out a crumpled yellow envelope. Oh, you mean a telegram, said Tom with a laugh, as he took the message from the odd colored man. Well, it may be a telegraph, but I don't understand the agent say telephone. Anyhow, here it is, and I suspects we'd better be getting along, Boomerang. The mule never moved, though Eradicate yanked on the reins, and used a splintered whip with energy. I said, as how we'd better be getting along, Boomerang, went on the darky, raising his voice. Dinner's almost ready, and I'm going to give you an extra helping of oats. The effects of these words seemed magical. The mule suddenly came to life and was about to start off. I thought that would catch you, Boomerang chuckled Eradicate. Wait a minute, Rad, called Tom, who was tearing open the envelope of the telegram. I might want to send an answer back by you. I wonder who is wiring me now. He read the message slowly, and Eradicate remarked, 
"'Tain't no kind of use, Massa Tom, for send a message back with me." "'Why not?' asked the young inventor, looking up from the sheet of yellow paper. "'Cause how's I done promised Boomerang his airman, and he won't do nothing till he has it. If I started him back to town now, he would just lay down in the road. I'll take the answer back for you this afternoon.' "'All right. Perhaps that will do,' assented Tom. "'I haven't quite got the hang of this yet. Drop around this afternoon, Rad.' And as the colored man, who, with his mule boomerang, did odd jobs around the village, started off down the highway in another cloud of dust, Tom Swift resumed the reading of the message. Hmm, this is rather queer, he mused, when having read it once, he began at it again. It must have cost him something to send all this over the wire. He could just as well have written it. So he wants my help, huh? Well, I never heard of him, and he may be all right, but I had other plans, and I don't know whether I can spare the time to go to Philadelphia or not. I'll have to think it over. An electric airship, huh? He's sort of following along the lines of my inventions. Wants my aid, huh? Well, I don't know. Tom's musings were suddenly cut short by the approach of an elderly gentleman, who was walking slowly down the path that led from the house to the country highway which ran in front of it. "'A telegram, Tom?' asked the newcomer. "'Yes, Dad,' was the reply. "'I was just coming in to ask your advice about it. Eradicated brought it to me.' What with his mule boomerang, and the gentleman seemed much amused. How did he ever get up speed enough to deliver a telegram? "'Oh, Eradicate has some special means he uses on his mule when he's in a hurry.' But listen to this message, Dad. It's from a Mr. Hosmer Fenwick of Philadelphia, he says. Tom Swift, can you come to Philadelphia at once and aid me in perfecting my new electric airship? I want to get it ready for a flight before some government experts who have promised to purchase several, if it works well. I am in trouble, and I can't get it to rise off the ground. I need help. I have heard about your airship and the other inventions you and your father have perfected, and I am sure you can aid me. I am stuck. Can you hurry to the Quaker City? I will pay you well. Answer at once. Well, remarked Mr. Swift questioningly, as his son finished reading the telegram. What are you going to do about it, Tom? I don't exactly know, Dad. I was going to ask your advice. What would you do? Who is this Mr. Fenwick? Well, he is an inventor of some note, but he has had many failures. I have not heard of him in some years until now. He's a gentleman of wealth and can be relied upon to do just as he says. We are slightly acquainted. Perhaps it would be well to aid him, if you can spare the time. Not that you need the money, but inventors should be mutually helpful. If you feel like going to Philadelphia and aiding him, in getting his electric airship in shape, you have my permission. I don't know, answered Tom doubtfully. I was just getting my monoplane in shape for a little flight. It was nothing particular, though. Dad, I think I will take a run to Philadelphia and see if I can help Mr. Fenwick. I'll wire him that I am coming tomorrow or the next day. Very well, assented Mr. Swift, and then he and his son went into one of the shops 
talking of a new invention which they were about to patent. Tom little knew what a strange series of adventures were to follow his decision to go to the Quaker City, nor the danger involved in aiding Mr. Fenwick to operate his electric airship. End of Chapter 1 Recording by Richard Kilmer, Rio Medina, Texas